Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sportsman. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Monday, Valley sports fans, how is everybody doing today? What a dumb question that is. Week one of the NFL season is in the books. We had a tailgate fire in Miami. Oof. We had a. You, we can had you a, imagine coming back to your car after that? I got a story to tell you about that in a minute. We had a field so flooded flooded in Chicago. How that, flooded was that it? Bears players were belly surfing on the field after the game was over. The New York Giants are above 500 for the first time since 2016. Oh and the Rams aren't. Yeah, right. And the Rams aren't. And what do we got? What do we got in Arizona? Probably tomorrow morning a Good four-way question. tie for first place is what we got. Uh, wouldn't it wouldn't it be just like the NFC West for uh, Seattle to win tonight and be alone atop the NFC West? Well, at least I'll be able to wouldn't say it for that one week. Be so so NFC West like How about the uh the AFC South right now? All four teams winless? Yeah, but two yeah. teams with a tie, it's all tied four, for first place. All four teams are winless, even though two of the teams played each other. Yeah. That's hard to do. <laughs> what a weekend. Jared getting all gooned up on the moon juice yeah. this weekend. Mooned up on that. the goon juice, gooned up on the moon juice, baby. Yeah, I went to Tucson. I saw. First yeah. U of A football game in quite a while. You picked and a was, good one to go to. No. <laughs> yeah, they, their quarterback looks so bad. Mm-hmm. At least in that game, they didn't. But. Yeah. All right, so we've got a lot of wreckage to sift through. Does anybody want to say anything before we get going? You got the tailgate story? Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, the tailgate story back in the day uh, at Chicago uh, at Soldier Field in Chicago, the parking lot abuts the stadium, and it's just this, it, it used to be, this massive, just a flat, cement parking lot, right? So a lot of people back in the day would use those little mini Weber grills with charcoals, right? Mm-hmm. So, and you you can't leave them out, so you gotta, you gotta take them and dump them some, but used to, this is a long time ago. I knew a guy who had got done tailgating and wanted to get in the stadium so bad, I'm like, dude, you gotta go dump your coal over there. He's like, no, no, I'll just, I'll put it under my car for now. <gasps> oh, no. And I looked at him, I said... Are you really that dumb, or are you? I don't really miss that, the game. Are you really that drunk, or what is the matter with you? Oh my you will put the web underneath your car. Oh yeah, I guess that wouldn't have been a good idea. Yeah, that scene, that scene in Miami was unbelievable. Whoever is responsible for that, man, I'd hate to see his insurance bill in about six months. You think he's going to fess up? Well, do you think he has insurance? <laughs> you, don't think, you don't think he just took off? <laughs> oh, see our boy Dave Damashek tweeted out that at least the Dolphins did a, did a humane thing and didn't announce anything about it. So whoever's car was destroyed at least got to enjoy the Dolphins game yeah. before they came out afterwards. That was a, it was a win over the Patriots. I'll take it. You see some footage of this. You see some footage of the stuff happening from inside the stadium. It's unbelievable. That is. Oh, just, I didn't see that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just billowing black smoke oh, coming to the parking lot. Isn't that kind of where we parked, yeah. honey? Wow. 
I hate to be that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. Now, back to the action. That was crazy. All right, Jared, start the show. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Splash. The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Yeah, last year, the Arizona Cardinals, fastest starting team in the NFL, racing to a 7-0 record at 1.10-2. They limped down the stretch. We all remember the embarrassing playoff loss to the Rams in January. So their first competition, their first chance to wash that taste out of people's mouths, and they put forth that yesterday. Got absolutely manhandled by the Kansas City Chiefs 44-21 in a game that wasn't that close at State Farm Stadium. Patrick Mahomes completed 30 of 39, 360 yards, five touchdowns to four different receivers. Cardinals have now lost six straight games on their home field dating back to last year, and their 23-point loss was their first, fourth worst uh, opener in teams uh, the team's Arizona history. They will hit the road for week two. They take on the Las Vegas Raiders at Allegiant Stadium next Sunday. Doesn't um, it, with the benefit of hindsight, doesn't it look absolutely ridiculous that this team did nothing in the preseason looking at how little rhythm they had? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and again, it's with the benefit of hindsight, but it really looks ridiculous. If you're going to do that, you better be ready to play football. But That's even the bottom be- line. Even before they started playing, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, we kind of were already questioning that. We were. We so, were. Yes, uh, we were. A lot I, exactly. of people were, but we definitely were. Yeah. Uh, with only Monday Night Football remaining in Week 1, the Cardinals aren't behind anyone in their division. All three NFC West teams that have played have lost, including the San Francisco 49ers, who fell 19-10 to to the Chicago Bears in a rain-soaked game at Soldier Field. And of course, the Super Bowl champion Rams got blown out 31-10 to last Thursday night by the Bills. Tonight, Seattle hosts Denver on Monday Night Football. Looks uh, like- can I interrupt you real quick? Yeah. I just got a text from Suns play-by-play guy, our good buddy John Bloom. He said, quote, listening at O'Hare Airport and still ringing myself out after yesterday at Soldier Field. <laughs> Did well, he get to do the slip and slide on the field yeah, too? Right. That looked fun. <laughs> the uh, Cowboys season opening 19-3 loss to Tampa Bay. Also a costly one. Dak Prescott suffered a hand injury in the fourth quarter. Jerry Jones told reporters after the game that Prescott needs surgery for a fracture above the thumb on his right hand and he'll miss uh, likely six to eight weeks. Oof. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers got a win in week one. They beat the Cincinnati Bengals 23-20 in overtime in the wildest game of the weekend, but it came at a cost. T.J. Watt suffered a pectoral injury in the game and left. He came to the sideline. Cameras caught him saying, I tore my pec. Yeah, that was right after he beheaded an offensive lineman. Oh, it just only looked that way. Yeah. Uh, not a great weekend either for the in-state college football teams. ASU went ultra-conservative offensively and fell to 11th-ranked Oklahoma State 34-17 in Stillwater. Cowboys quarterback Spencer Sanders threw for 268 yards and two touchdowns ran for a score. Meanwhile, down in Tucson, Arizona, quarterback Jaden Delora threw three picks in the Wildcats' 39-17 loss in Tucson to Mississippi Whoops. State. NAU did earn a hard-fought 10-3 win on the road at Sam Houston, though. They even their record at 1-1. One one. The new college top 25 released on uh, Sunday. We've got a new number one team heading into week three. Winning a game by one point, not enough for Alabama to stay number yeah. one. Uh, Georgia leapfrogged Alabama into the top spot after they beat Samford 33 to nothing. Alabama's two 
after their one-point win on the road at Texas. Ohio State 3, followed by Michigan and Clemson. Eighth-ranked Notre Dame fell completely out of the top 25 after losing 26-21 at home to Marshall. USC, the highest-ranked Pac-12 team, their seventh after demolishing Stanford. Utah 14th, Oregon back in the top 25 after blowing out Eastern Washington. You gotta wonder, uh, in a week where everybody in college football looks overrated except for Georgia, Mm -hmm. if there's really some sort of parody making its way into college football. Marshall going in and beating Notre Dame. Appalachian State beating Texas A&M at College Station. Georgia Southern. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Georgia Southern, they handed Nebraska a loss, who then handed Scott Frost a pink slip. Look at how seamless we are. (laughs) One of of the biggest buyouts ever, right? 16-31 and as Nebraska's head coach. The second worst record of any Big Ten team in that span. Only Rutgers was worse. But he will get his full $15 million contract buyout. If they waited till after October 1st, they would have saved $7.5 million. <laughs> but Trev Alberts is like, nope, you got to go now. You gots to go. <laughs> Here's an extra seven and a half million. Wow. What a disaster. Zach Gallen set a new franchise record for longest scoreless inning streak, and the D-backs offense exploded in a 12-6 win over the Rockies. They salvaged the final game of a three-game set at Coors Field. Uh, Gallen's remarkable stretch ended when C.J. Crone singled in Ryan McMahon in the fourth inning, ending the streak at 44 and a third inning, seventh longest streak in modern baseball history. Struck out 11 did Gallon for the win. Now 12 and 2 with a 2.50 ERA. Uh, D-backs jumped out to a 4-0 lead in the third, never looked back. Jake McCarthy continues his stellar rookie season. Four hits, three runs batted in. Uh, the D-backs now in L.A. to begin their unprecedented five-game series against the Dodgers. That's the result of a labor stoppage at the beginning of the year that pushed back the start of the season. The Dodgers are 96 and 43. Oh, just let that sink in a little bit. Oh uh, Merrill Kelly on the mound for the Snakes against 14-game winner Tyler Anderson. 6.40 first pitch, 6 o'clock pregame here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Pujols did it again. He homered in the ninth inning of St. Louis's ninth inning rally to beat Pittsburgh 4-3. 697 home runs. He has now surpassed Alex Rodriguez into sole possession of fourth place on the all-time list and still chasing 700. Yeah. What a story. It's going to be a great moment for baseball. When yes. he gets to 699, I wonder what we're going to get if we're going to get live look-ins on every bat on ESPN? Probably. That would be cool. Yeah. That would be very cool. Carlos Alcaraz of Spain, just 19 years old, beat Casper Ruud in four sets to win the U.S. Open in New York. He takes over as the top-ranked player on the ATP Tour as well. First teenager to accomplish that since the rankings began in 1973. Now, dorks like me actually spent a good chunk of time watching that on tape last night, but I, can't, I, I, I imagine the ratings for that event are going to plummet. Oh, yeah. When it's, you know, you got the open final against the opening day of the NFL. The Friday you night can match. Do it if you've got a Federer or an Adal or a Djokovic. Alcaraz, oh, Tiafo yeah. on Friday yeah. night was, was unbelievable tennis. And the uh, Las Vegas, uh, Igas Fiontek won the uh, women's title, by the way. She beat Anj Jabor in straight sets on Saturday. And the Las Vegas Aces beat the Connecticut Sun 67 64. Game one of the WNBA Finals. Game two in Sin City tomorrow night. There's your splash. Now we get to work dissecting whatever the hell that was yesterday at State Farm Stadium. It's a big red Monday here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Big Red Monday and Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. They, they 
beat us in every way. There's no denying it, no hiding from it. Um, we didn't execute in any phase, and, and they played at a high level. I thought Pat was phenomenal, as he usually is, and then defensively, um, they stymied us, and we didn't get in a rhythm, and um, just... Uh, impressive win by them, and, and uh, we got to get a lot better in a hurry. Cliff Kingsbury, head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, after a humbling, embarrassing 23-point loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. And I don't think there's shame to start off, Bick. There's not shame in losing to the Kansas City Chiefs. They're one of the elite teams. Mm-hmm. But the separation... And the look of preparedness was, I mean, it was a chasm between those two teams. Yeah, that's that's the whole thing. You can say right at the right at the outset that there is no there is no shame in being a football team that looks less talented than the Kansas City Chiefs. They're one of the NFL's elite. Uh, that's that's not the truth, and that's not the same thing when you say they are not as prepared as the Kansas City Chiefs. And that was. Pretty obvious as well, and that the head coach is going to have to wear because, uh, in hindsight, again, the decision to to just blow off every single postseason rep it looks ludicrous now. And again, it's based on the result, it's based on hindsight, but that's the risk they took with this. Now, Cliff Kingsbury, after the game yesterday, was asked about this. Mm-hmm. He defended his uh, methodology, and he pointed to last year. And I think a lot of people locally, and I think you know, to some degree, we were trying to be reasonable. About about it and and said, okay, it worked last year. They went on the road in Nashville and they put forth a great effort. Well, two things with that. As he said, at least last year, there were some live reps in the preseason. Some. Something. Yeah. To, to get your beak wet, as they like to say. So there was none of that. So if you're watching the Cardinals and finally move the football in the fourth quarter late in the game... You can either say one of two things. You can either say, okay, they're moving it against a Kansas City defense that's playing prevent and second and third stringers, or it took them that long to find any kind of rhythm at all. And either way, it, it, it's it's ludicrous to me because either you're talking about this didn't have to be. We could have come in a little more prepared for live-action football. Or, on the other hand, you were just fluffing up the stats kind of like they did at the end of the Rams playoff game last year. They went into a hurry-up offense with 18 minutes left to go on the clock, and the, the numbers still didn't get padded to the point that they should have been. And, look, we talked so much about this strategy of it was a very it was a very loose preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Kyler Murray had COVID. J.J. Watt had COVID. There were not a lot of reps, practice reps with everybody together. Yeah. Leave the preseason games out of it. You're going to see more and more teams go that way. Mm-hmm. But let's go before that. Let's go back to April, where coming off an 11-win season, the Arizona Cardinals, on draft night, shipped their number one, uh, the first-round draft pick to the Baltimore Ravens and picked up a wide receiver in Hollywood Brown. A move that... We applauded yeah, because it looked like, hey, this team realizes it's close. They want to win now. There's nothing wrong with that. That, however, was the last win-now maneuver this front office made to get ready for this season. Indeed. So you can look at the pre- you know, getting prepared in the, in the preseason, how they approached it. We saw the result. You can talk about injuries. Nobody wanted to talk about injuries yesterday. But, it, I mean, it was, it was a mash yeah. unit going into week one. Right. They don't want to talk about that. But let's talk about the roster construction. Sure. Yes. Yeah, I mean, how, how many times on this show 
have we said, wow, the Cardinals really need corner help? Many, many times. It was a it was a problem that they left unresolved for the longest period of time. Do you feel now that the Cardinals still need corner help? I do. They do. I and do. I heard Craig Greeley bring this up on the postgame show yesterday. Now that it's week one, you can go out and get somebody, bring them in, and you don't have to fully guarantee a contract. Right. And listen, so, so there's a lot of this that that's why I think a lot of this failure comes from the very top on down because clearly, for whatever reason, they are operating on a shoestring budget. For instance, I can give you a lot of different instances here. Uh, Marcus Golden, given a contract extension late in the week. Mm-hmm. Why'd you wait so long? Why didn't you do that earlier and get some practice time for him? Why did you wait so long for that? And, and then the, the the underfunding of this defense, it's profound. And, and so it's, it's really in stark contrast to how the Rams operated last year when they had the Super Bowl in their building. They were clearly all in. Yeah. And people can go, well, you know, the Cardinals are missing DeAndre Hopkins. Well, you know what? The Kansas City Chiefs lost Tyreek Hill. And they went out and added two other pieces to replace him. And then Patrick Mahomes said, you know what? I'm going to spread the ball around. Sorry, fantasy owners. Yeah. There's going to be different guys every right. week. He threw the ball to nine different receivers and Listen. hit four different receivers for touchdowns yesterday. Okay, and, and again, it's, it, it, there's no shame in losing to a Patrick Mahomes football team. But if, if we're to believe that running it back with less than the core group they had last year was a smart idea, then we're to believe that you shouldn't be overmatched when you play the Rams. You shouldn't be overmatched when you play the Chiefs. And that was yesterday. It was a football team completely in over their skis. Completely. Now you mentioned specifically the cornerbacks, but they also didn't. They never replaced Chandler Jones. Never we replaced We kept Chandler waiting for Jones. something, and they never did it. And yep. How did you feel about their pass rush yesterday? It, uh, well, listen, if you hey, they tried to get there. If you were talking about a pass pass rush generated by a four man rush, there was very little of that. If you're talking about putting pressure on Patrick Mahomes by selling out the rest of the defense, there was a lot of that, and they paid the price. Yeah, did they, they paid the price. I don't remember Patrick Mahomes getting touched. I a couple times he got hit a couple times. I, I can see the plays in my head, but it was nothing. It was not. It, they never got there. They never threw him off his mark. Well, they got him after he released the ball a couple of times. But like you said, defensively, you're going up against Patrick Mahomes. You're going up against you know Andy Reid, and we saw the creativity all over the field, especially in the red zone. They they were running circles around with with play design, and it was a it was a beautiful thing to watch. Oh, yeah. That's what the Chiefs do. But yeah. we knew about DeAndre Hopkins being out for six weeks since again right after the draft. There, and the biggest question we asked all summer long is how prepared are the Cardinals? Cardinals going to be offensively because you saw the offense bogged down without Hopkins. That looked like an it looked like an offense that just found out Hopkins wasn't going to play on it Friday. Did. It did. It, it, you're exactly right. I'm I'm terribly disappointed in that. Uh, that was the one thing that that separated last year from this year. And Kansas what? City's defense is not a world beater. And there's that. There's that on top of it. You weren't playing an elite level kind of defense. So, and then the fact that after the game is over, Cliff Kingsbury is questions, questioning the urgency of practice. Oof. <laughs> we have to have better practice habits. We got to be better prepared. I don't know habits yeah, like I don't no. know actually having players practice. Right. Yeah, where does where do those habits oh. come from? Well, that's where does that structure yeah. come from? Well, that's that's exactly that's from you. you. All right, I learned it from watching I you. It, from you. <laughs> <laughs> it really is maddening. It's maddening that the day after the season, every single issue essentially that we thought the Cardinals had, they still have. How is that possible?
it, because there's not the structure of of discipline and fear and motivation. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, listen, it, you take a look all across the NFL. So we've talked about Dan Campbell and that vicious practice he put the Lions through, and you could see it on Hard Knocks and t- him telling the team, listen, I don't want to do this to you, but I got to. I owe it to you. Sudden boys younger than you to the gas chamber didn't want to mm-hmm. felt so I owed it to, owed it to you, um, and and then you've got Brian Dayball now who um, after that great win with the Giants yesterday talked about how he purposely put his offense in some really bad situations in practice uh, where they were getting their backsides handed to him didn't want to do it felt he owed it to them I just I just see more of this laziness and this lax culture here and they were not ready to play yesterday and and where do you go with that. Well, where do you, where do you find faith for for what's coming in the future? I mean, you hear everybody's talking a great game. Oh, yeah, no, we got a great coach. Uh, the general manager's doing a great job, and oh yeah, okay, all right. We'll see what the season looks like in a few weeks. But this was this was exactly the way not to open a season. Yeah, but- to be down fourteen to zip in a blink of an eye. To have the Chiefs gain 141 of the first 143 yards gained in that game, and now you're a team that has not even repped anything live, and you're trailing a two-score game. Okay. Thanks for coming. And we got a lot to get into today. Obviously, 44-21, the final score game. That was 37-7 to at one point. We'll uh, relive some of the horror uh, with Big Red Reacts coming up. You can also text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. It's Big Red Monday, Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Big Red Reacts. Reaction to yesterday's Cardinals game. Brought to you by Wico Park Casino Resort, where world-class action meets Ford Diamond Splendor. Yeah, Cardinals Chiefs season opener, State Farm Stadium. Cardinals won the toss and elected to defer. They wanted the defense on the field to go against the Chiefs' potent offense to start things out. That didn't work out so well. The Chiefs drove all the way down the field, had a couple of 18-yard plays, a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire run on a second down play. Then on third and seven, Patrick Mahomes hit Juju Smith-Schuster. It was the attack of the hyphenated names in that first drive. 18 yards there. Then second and goal at the nine. Patrick Mahomes hit his favorite target to get the scoring started. Mahomes in shotgun has the football. Looking to the left, throws a fade left side for Kelsey in the end zone, and it is caught for a touchdown. Travis Kelsey with Isaiah Simmons covering, pulls it in on the left side of the end zone, and that caps off a fantastic drive for Kansas City to start this game. Yep, Harrison uh, Butker hit the extra point to make it 7-0 at that point. The Cardinals get their first crack on a second and 11. Kyler Murray scrambled for 10, but on third and one, he got sacked on a complete offensive line breakdown. Uh, They ended up punting the ball, getting two yards on that possession. Right back to the Chiefs. They took over at their own 14 and methodically drove down the field again. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire finished it off. First and goal on the three. He takes the snap. Underhand pitch is caught by Edwards-Hilaire at the one and he simply walks into the end zone for a touchdown. Great design, great execution. The Chiefs already look like a Super Bowl contender, and the Cardinals far from it with 3.20 to go in the first quarter. Yeah, that play was one of those jaw-dropping plays. You're like, oh, here they go, having having some fun. Flex is a great word for it. That's what an offensive guru looks like right there. You ever see that guy, Jarrett? That's what he looks like? Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, The yardage after the first three possessions, two for the Chiefs, one for the Cardinals, 141-2 at that point. Cardinals needed to answer. They would take over at their own 25-yard line, and they finally got a little bit of a wake-up call. 
They drove down the field. Kyler Murray had a 21-yard scramble down to the Kansas City 2, and that's James Conner territory. Takes the snap, hands off James Conner up the middle, grabbed at the 1, but powers his way into the end zone for the touchdown. Right through the arms of Nick Bolton. James Conner just too powerful, and the Cardinals get on the board for the first time in 2022. Yeah, 75-yard drive, 11 plays, capped off by the uh, Conner touchdown, the Matt Prater extra point, 14-7 at that point. Chiefs undaunted. They take over at their own 25, and once again, very little resistance from the uh, Cardinals defensively, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had maybe his second easiest touchdown of his career. Mahomes waiting. Shotgun snap. Three-step drop. Mahomes fires right side. Caught Edwards-Hilaire, and he walks in for the touchdown. The Cardinals made a big mistake. Nobody covered the back. Edwards-Hilaire, an easy six for the Chiefs. Yeah, that was on a fourth and uh, two play, and they went for it, and another great play design where Edwards-Hilaire came across, and they tried to cover him with a linebacker, Zeke Turner, who got picked off, and there was nobody within 15 yards of Edwards-Hilaire on that play. Yeah, and we saw a lot of that, didn't we, all day long? Yes. Guys wide open in space. Mm -hmm. The extra point was no good because Harrison Butker got hurt, so safety, Justin Reed was actually kicking, and what a leg on that guy, but he missed the extra point, so it's 20-7 to at that point. Uh, Later on in the uh, second quarter, uh, before halftime, Cardinals had a fourth down and two after uh, Dennis Gardeck forced a turnover. Fourth and two from the Kansas City 34. Do you take the points? Do you go for it? Cliff Kingsbury opted to go for it, and it didn't work out very well. Murray takes the snap. He's going to throw. Pumps right. Now backing up left. Throws left side. Incomplete. It looked like he was going to go to Dorch initially, and he stumbled. Dorch was moving to his right, looked open, but Murray didn't seem confident after Dorch tripped. Yeah. And it blew up the play. The Cardinals turned it over on down. Yeah, I want to say this about that play. We're going to get into Kyler Murray and our our perceptions of his performance yesterday in, in just a little bit here. But when I see and I talk about the skittish moments Kyler Murray had, that was a big moment in the game. And Greg, what a dorch. He did stumble and trip. But as a quarterback, you gotta you, you can't bail on it right away. Because he regained his balance. He did, and he and was wide by open. Then, by then, Kyler Murray was elsewhere. He bailed on the throw to Dorch, but then he ended up bailing on the play later and just throwing the ball down the field with nobody around. Right. So right. What, what did it accomplish? Yeah. Um, and to make matters worse, with 35 seconds left, the Chiefs got into field goal range, and Harrison Butker came back from the sideline with the ankle injury and kicked a 54-yard field goal on a bad plant leg. 23 to 7 at the break. Uh, Cardinals got the first possession of the uh, third quarter after halftime. They didn't do much with it. They punted from their own 26. Chiefs took over at their own 25 yard line. Uh, Mahomes on first down hit Kelsey for 35 yards. Then there was a fumble. The Chiefs got it back. Uh, you know, once again, a red zone trip and more brilliance from Patrick Mahomes. Takes the snap. Mahomes back to throw. Pumps. Flips it left corner of the end zone. And a diving catch for a touchdown by Fortson. That's the fourth touchdown pass for Patrick Mahomes. 30-7 to after the extra point. Cardinals go three and out on that their next series. Chiefs, once again, the well-oiled machine. They got into the red zone within the five-yard line, first and goal, and another touchdown from Patrick Mahomes. Snap, quick throw to the left side to Hardman, and he's got the ball in his arms. It's a touchdown. He caught it on the goal line, got hit by Byron Murphy, but at that point, he had already crossed. It's a touchdown and another 
Touchdown toss by Mahomes, his fifth on opening day. Yeah, 37-7 to at that point. With uh, just under four minutes to go in the third, the Cardinals went into hurry up. <laughs> That's never a good sign. Oh. They actually did move the ball. They got uh, on a fourth down play from the six-yard line, got a uh, touchdown. Kyler Murray hooking up with his old college teammate, Marquise Brown. Chiefs come after Murray. Back to throw. Backpedaling. Lobs. Left corner of the end zone. A diving attempt by Hollywood Brown. And he's got it for a touchdown. It's a great throw by Kyler Murray. Backpedaling. Lobbing it to the left corner. Marquise Brown got under it. Made a nice catch for a Cardinals touchdown. Murray then hits Zach Ertz for a two-point conversion to cut the lead to 22-37-15. Undaunted, the Chiefs answered again uh, with backups now in the game, including Isaiah Pacheco. Do you got him on your fantasy team? Hands it off to Pacheco up the middle, and he's into the end zone easily for the touchdown. Again, not much resistance there defensively at the point of attack. As the kids say, a 40-burger for the Chiefs. <laughs> 44 to 15 at that point. Cardinals would get another touchdown. Uh, Murray to Zachary. Trips left on third down and five. Murray back to pass. Throws left side. It's caught and into the end zone for the touchdown. Zach Ertz. This time the uh, two point conversion would fail. 44 21. And then uh, we saw Kyler Murray go to the bench. Trace McSorley got some mop up duty and it didn't end well. They're going to snap it. McSorley with three seconds left. Drops back to throw. Steps up. Being chased, hit, sacked at the 45-yard line. A fitting end to this week one loss for the Cardinals. 44-21 Kansas City, and it felt a lot worse than that. It did, Dave Pash. Dave Pash on the highlights there on the Cardinals radio network. A 23-point loss that was a, you know, they were down by... 30. Um, yeah, at four one point. minutes ago in the third quarter. Uh, just a total dominant uh, performance by the yeah. Kansas City yeah. Chiefs. Again, and it's and for those for the people who had skepticism, for the people who had doubts. Uh, I, I, again, this is the worst way for this football team to begin this season. The worst way. It looks like a direct extension of last year, mm-hmm. with eight months in between. It's hard, to, it's hard to argue with yeah, that. Yeah, uh, You can join Four Peaks this Sunday for a Red Sea Road Rally. Cardinals taking on the Vegas Raiders. Enjoy great prizes, ticket giveaways, and food specials all game long. Sunday, that's at Phillies off Warner Road, Road and the I-10. Coming up next, yeah, we will get into Kyler Murray's performance. His first start of year four did not go well for him or anyone else, but we'll break it down straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. <laughs> Red Monday and Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Got lock in. I think I think it was good for us to, for, for this to happen to us. Um, you know, I, I don't know why or whoever felt good about you know. Um, you, know, you can't feel yourself in this league. You get you get embarrassed, and that's um, that's kind of like I said, what kind of what happened today. Um, it's a good team over there. Um, they executed. You could tell. You know, there's there's complete difference. Energy was higher, um, and they didn't shoot themselves in the foot. So that's what's going to happen when you do those things. Kyler Murray, after yesterday's loss to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, Kyler Murray was not the worst Cardinal on the field yesterday. He was no. He was eh. But he wasn't a franchise quarterback. Wasn't a franchise quarterback, but I, I think he did one good thing yesterday. 
I liked his post his post game press conference a lot. Okay, I thought he took steps up and he didn't make any excuses and he even refuted. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury came into the room first and talked about, "Hey, we need to have better practice habits." Mm-hmm. And Kyler Murray was asked about that particular thing too, and he seemed kind of befuddled to hear like. You know what's going on in practice. So here was his answer to the question about the practice habits. I, I can't speak for the, you know for for everyone. Um, felt like felt like the week was good. You know, felt like the week was good. Um, obviously, none of that matters. Though <laughs> I mean, none of none of nothing that happens during the week matters if you don't execute on Sunday. So I mean, everybody says all you know what they want to say about you know the week, you know the mentality and all. That. Doesn't matter. You come out there on Sunday and get your ass beat. That's what happens. You know, it, you can come into the game. You can wake up the best feeling ever, and you still get your ass beat on Sunday if you don't execute. So I mean, I, I don't. You know, you got to execute. That's all it comes down to. Make plays, make plays, and and who doesn't? Who you know, people teams lose who, who don't make plays. So that's that's what it comes down to. So you got a head coach saying we got to improve our practice habits, and yeah. the quarterback saying I thought it was a good week of practice, but that doesn't matter. But that doesn't matter. Yeah, listen, there, there's clearly a disconnect here, and I, I'm I'm very interested in the Kyler Murray cut about you can't feel yourself in this league or you're going to get exposed. What does he say in there? That the Cardinals were acting like they were all that again? Again? But I I mean, that is, I'm going to play this again. We played this on the way into the segment. Here Mm -hmm. it is again. I think think it was good for us for for this to happen to us. Um, You know, I I don't know why or whoever felt good about, you know, um, you you, you can't feel yourself in this league. You get get embarrassed. And that's kind of, like I said, what kind of what happened today um it's a good team over there um they executed you could tell you know there's there's complete difference energy was higher um and they didn't shoot themselves in the foot so that's what's gonna happen when you do those things i mean how do you interpret uh, listen, that i i don't know how to interpret it but i i do i do want to say this that that kyler murray has got to be a heck of a lot better than he was uh for a lot of different reasons and after the chiefs come out in the opening drive they make it look easy they just slice and dice their way up the field just like the buffalo bills did in their opening game. Cardinals get the ball. They darn near had a delay of game penalty on the very first play of the game. They had a penalty on an illegal shift, and it was a play in which Kyler Murray was scrambling like a chicken with his head cut off that lost a yard. It was right. It was as if you took the worst of last year and just plopped it right down in week one to start a brand new season. Those were the optics of the way that game started. And and on third down, third and one, here's Kyler Murray in the shotgun. Here comes Le- uh, Third and one in a shotgun with James Conner on the football team. Legereus Sneak comes off the edge, and a lot of football coach types are like, how did you not see that safety coming off the edge? As the quarterback, as a franchise quarterback in year four, how did you not see that? Questions, man. Big questions. Big, big questions. Well, um, we talked about, you know, one of the big, there was a million different stories of uh, turmoil this offseason, starting with the playoff loss to the Rams. Of course, the biggest one that got the most attention, both locally and nationally, was the independent study addendum added and then taken out of Kyler Murray's new contract. Uh, Yesterday on CBS, Jim Nance, Tony Romo, they talked about it, took till late in the game when... They needed some filler because the game wasn't exactly all that compelling. Uh, but um, the discussion did come up. It was at Edmonton earlier in the full off season for Kyle Murray with the new five-year extension. That contract uh, grabbed a lot of the headlines. It was a contract, too, that it got out that there was a, some sort of 
clause in his contract uh, about uh, you know demanding that he basically he studies a little bit more often was the what what insinuated that got struck by the way after the game public. But uh, that became a, a big topic of discussion. Yeah, that's a hard one because here's the pass to the end zone to Brown. It's hard because it's embarrassing. You know, it almost makes it look like you don't study. And, you know, to, Ky- to Kyler's credit, you can't really get to this point without working hard. Yeah, you wouldn't be here. You're not doing it like this at this level and improving every year. 69% completion percentage last year. I mean, that's doing something in your third year. So to me, but at the same time, you didn't win enough. We didn't win the Super Bowl. So you're always going to be in the NFL looked at as needing to improve and they're going to find new ways. And if you win, you're allowed to do certain things. If you lose, you're going to have to change certain things. And that's just how it is. Second and 10, and that's a game down to about the six. And for what it's worth, we were talking down with Kyler about it yesterday, but uh, also that was Connor on the cover, uh, Terry. We talked to, to Cliff about it as well. He said, you know, they came back for OTAs where you actually put a test together because we give everybody a binder and homework. And who aced the test more than any one of the team? Kyler. Kyler Murray. And you know what? You talk to him. He knows the game and everything. It's just sometimes you learn through reps. Sometimes you learn through visual. Sometimes you learn, you know, through writing it down. I mean, there's so many different ways. And yeah, there's never going to be a time where the inclusion of that makes any sense to me yeah like the the no, last part that no. jim nance brings up and 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 the cardinals actually tweeted out photos from that production meeting jim nance tony romo uh the whole crew talking to kyler murray at their facility on saturday before the game to get some insight for the game um but you know jim nance telling that story about cliff kingsbury saying oh he aced the test more than anybody if that's the case and from day one when kyler murray stepped in that you know what was the first thing we heard oh what an advantage he's a rookie yes but he knows this offense like the back of his hand yeah and then you know, four four years into it, you include this this contract. That, I mean, it's it's water under the bridge now. But again, you brought up a single play, the 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 Sneed sack. Yeah, how did how did you not see that? Yeah, and, and there was so much wrong with that. Like I said, third and one on your opening drive, and your quarterback's in the shotgun. I I just I, this is the kind of stuff that just makes me shake my head. And, and I, <laughs> when when you look at some of the plays, Kyler Murray wasn't bad yesterday. He had a sh- he had a share of really good athletic kind of plays. But was there anything about the performance yesterday that makes you feel like this offense has found a different level? No, but again, I think you have to go with what's around. Uh-huh. Um did anybody else really step up and, and assert themselves offensively? No. I mean, the line was marginalized. You didn't have Justin Pugh. You didn't have anybody who rushed for over 30 yards as a running back. For all the glossing that we did on these this team's running back room, yeah. we had nobody above 30 yards. I mean, we rushing. talked about... James Conner's a better fantasy quarterback than he is real-life quarterback. Yeah, no, running back. A running back, yes. sorry, yeah. But we talked about the connection between Kyler and Hollywood Brown, and they, mm-hmm. they hooked up on a meaningless touchdown late, but he wasn't a factor in the game. I went out, you know, before the season I said wow you know Hopkins is out a chance for AJ Green to assert himself he was absent the whole game mm-hmm. Zach Andy Ertz, Isabella for all that yapping Zach Ertz didn't get well I got thoughts on Andy Isabella too like what what they're doing with that guy is just <laughs> you're not going to use him you keep him on the team you're not going to use him just let him go you was take, he open yesterday he's taking up did, you can't get open on the sideline how many snaps did he play yesterday it, wasn't, it doesn't matter. It wasn't Listen, many. Okay, so but you're right. When you take a look at the, at offensive structure, okay, um, it, it, Greg Dortch was 
by far the most targeted wide receiver. How is that possible when you trade a first round pick for Hollywood Brown? How is that possible? How is it possible that Zach Ertz doesn't get a touch until late in the game? See, it's that kind of stuff that makes you wonder, what, where, what is the plan here? It's, it's like you guys were saying earlier. They had the entire offseason now to plan an offense without DeAndre Hopkins. And it looked like they found out DeAndre Hopkins yeah. wasn't going to play yeah, right. right before the game started. Right. right. And, and so was this, a fact, was this a function of Hollywood Brown not being able to create separation? Why was the ball constantly going to Greg Dorch? What, what, what's what's the explanation? Greg Dorch was in that Rondale Moore role, whereas he's a safety valve and mm-hmm. open underneath. Mm-hmm. And, and you saw the—I mean, he actually uh-huh. nine yards right. a pop is actually a lot for that role, yeah, compared to what they got at no. the end of last year. Yeah, listen, and I like Greg Dorch a lot, but again, it's just man—it's this is just a broken record of an offense. Yep, uh, as we do on Big Red Mondays, win or lose, we want to hear from you as well. We'll open up the phone lines next. Six zero two two six zero nine eight seven zero is the phone number. 